0: hello and welcome to switzer tv investing i'm peter switzer and tonight with the reddit smarty investors crushing short sellers in the us we search for shorter stocks here in australia that my experts actually are big supporters of first up we hear from adam doors of shore and partners and he has two stocks that he really likes that are being shorted right now And i must admit i like them as well paul rickard explains what's actually going on with these Reddit exterminators of short sellers in the US, and he looks at the sectors locally that have been doing well in January and the ones that have been struggling. There are some clues there about how you should invest going forward by looking at these sectors. And finally, Julia Lee of Berman Invest looks at the stocks she likes this week, and we will be talking about shorter stocks as well that she's currently supporting. Let's just see what's going on with Adam Dawes from and Partners right now. Well, joining me now is Adam Dawes from and Partners. After a, a great break, it's great to see you, Adam.
1: It's very glad. I'm very glad to be back. My first media for 2021, Beta.
0: Okay, Matt. Well, we won't put too much pressure on you. Let's start off with a pretty easy question. Reddit. Reddit. How bad could this get with these millennials basically out of control?
1: Yeah, out of control. And one voice or moving together. Two and a half million Reddit uh, users uh, on this site called uh, Wall Street Bets Hmm. that uh, basically are finding a voice. Now, if if two and a half million put a hundred and two and a half million people put a hundred dollars in each and tried to go all in the same direction, this can certainly then move stocks. And that's exactly what's happening with this one moving stocks. Yeah. Are you
0: seeing uh, any local similar moves that might be a little bit difficult to work out?
1: Uh, well, I mean, are uh, you talking about GME and the game stock? Which well, is...
0: well, I know, I know there was a GME. <laughs> it's <laughs> had nothing to do with the resources stock, but, but like for example, for example, um, two shorted stocks on Friday went up: TWE yes. and A2 Milk. And I yes. know you, you quite like A2 Milk, and I like uh, Treasury One the States on the basis yes. that eventually I think they'll sort the thing out, and what, what remains is a very good company. Yeah. But, but do you think there's there is a bit of that potential action here in Australia?
1: Yes. So there is some uh, Australian um, uh, sites on Reddit as well that are, it's called ASX Bets, not Wall Street Bets, but ASX okay. Bets. And they talk uh, very regularly all day about certain stocks that they're getting behind and what they're doing and those kinds of things. And they do also have their favourite stocks that they love. Mm-hmm. Zip is one that they that they really like, and they do that. And there's a couple of other ones: VML, SOR. The sort of list goes on. Yes. But certainly, they don't have the power that, that that Wall Street bets has. That 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 power that that you know millions and millions of people all getting behind it uh, has certainly uh, certainly made the Wall Street people or the investment committee sit up and listen and go. Maybe these guys have some power, and and potentially they could do a lot of damage if they wanted to.
0: Yeah, well, and then when you, when you look at the chart for for GME, well, it's just it's just like it was a it was a fifteen dollar stock that went down to about uh, uh, ten. Then yep. the short sellers probably took it to four. Yep. And When these guys took over, it just went parabolic. Not parabolic, oh. it went went right angles. It was unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I actually think it's great. You know, to be honest, I really do. I think it's great that you know people or the retail investors are finding a voice, and they're actually then turning around and saying, "Well, we've got something to say," and voting with their feet or their wallets. But and isn't
0: but isn't there going to be a problem when they when they want to get out if they ever want? Because like GM GM yeah. doesn't have the earnings to justify that price. No.
1: Not at all. And that's that's the disconnect between the earnings as well as the business mm, versus right. what? Because GME is actually a physical store that sells games. Mm. Now, everything's bought online these days. So it, rightly so, you know, the hedge funds were shorting this because basically the, the business model is defunct. Mm. But you're right. Um, what it is is they call them diamond hands. And those diamond hands are basically meaning that you're going to hold it forever. Mm. And these guys are going to hold this thing and, they're, you know, it's to the tune of some ridiculous figure that these shorters are sweating on at the moment and they're going to have to start buying back some more stock themselves to get out of these short positions and cover these positions. And this is where these guys will probably then start to move out.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting development. Okay, let's go to the, to the bigger matter of where you think stocks are going to go this year. And I know you've got an end-of-year uh, best guess, and that's, that's all it can be, but it's based right. on your, your brilliant knowledge, Adam. So, so where did you think it would end and where do you think it's going to end now?
1: Yeah, so we've upgraded our price targets on for the ASX 200 to around about just 7,100, which isn't much, you know, compared to where we are. Mm-hmm. And in fact, last year before COVID, the market was 7,200. So we sort of just stayed in that range. I don't think we're gonna really punch too hard this year. I'm hoping that we will start to move higher than that, but I feel that sort of that 7,100, 7,200 will be a big resistance level for our market. So I do feel that there's potential still upgrades to come and this reporting season is gonna be very, very interesting.
0: Yeah, Adam, so that's about a 5% gain
1: yeah.
0: and in dividends of about 4%, Yep, yep, and a half percent yeah yeah and then franking yep. credits you're still talking around 10 or 11 percent gain by being in, in a simple asx etf
1: yeah it's not too bad is it and, and those dividends are probably going to increase obviously yeah. the banks will now start to pay two dividends this year mm. we'll start to see some of these other companies that are good dividend payers start to come back on the boards as well so it's a pretty exciting time for the asx uh in 2021.
0: Okay. Now, a couple of companies you guys have upgraded. First one is Blue Scope. Uh, I noticed that uh, FN Arena says there's probably a 23.2% gain. The analysts there say that. Why do you like Blue Scope?
1: Yeah, well, there's two stocks and we'll we'll talk about both of them. But both of them have that home renovation side of things Mm. or... Um, more uh, a construction activity in Australia. And Blue Scope is definitely in that sweet spot. They've just upgraded and they've had a multiple upgrade cycle over the last coming yep. six months or even longer. So, you know, I think COVID has accelerated that uh, home renovations, has ex- accelerated that uh, construction activity. And that's where I really think uh, Blue Scope should do very well. And look, I- even today, it has been a fantastic stock.
0: Yeah, let's go to the next one, Reliance Worldwide, a, a good old plumbing business.
1: Yeah, so that, that's more in the US now versus mm. here in Australia. But again, that sits with that thematic of that um, home renovation or construction. The other one I didn't put on there was Reese, which is also uh, doing very, very well, and that's bathroom taps and uh, showers and things like that. But Reliance World, yeah, has, is, has been in the doldrums probably one of the dogs of 2020 for the ASX also. So I'm sort of picking a little bit more on that sort of side where it, it, it should deserve some more upgrades going forward. But I really do like that sector. And I really think that that one uh, should do well and even potentially get back to a dividend as well. So, yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting one, but I like it a lot.
0: Okay. Now, I, I did ask you uh, about any company that's on the list of being shorted mm. that you actually like and you, you yep. have nominated two.
1: First one is Webjet. Tell us why. Yeah, so about 14% of their stock is shorted at the moment. Now, we understand Webjet is a business, obviously, online travel, and that's obviously been decimated, so there's no doubt about that. But I really do like this story because it is a reopening story. Now, we've had a couple of false starts last year. Yeah, COVID, then, sorry, COVID, we had vaccine, and then the vaccine was effective and wasn't effective. So there's going to be a couple more false starts before we get that. But I think Webjet is in that sweet spot. It's online. If this market and the economy does start up again, we are seeing some air travel, albeit small, but there is some air travel. And then when international kicks in as well. So it's a bit of that reopening play. But I do like Webjet. The problem is it is 14% of the stock is shorted at the moment. So you need to be careful. But that short squeeze should potentially Hel- like with GME, be a real benefit uh, for shareholders for the longer term.
0: Yeah, I interviewed John Musick not long after the, the crash. And uh, he, he actually said that because they've ripped a lot of costs out of the business, mm. um, that, that the company will be profitable if the domestic market goes back to normal. Yes. So right. He doesn't need the international. And remember, he, he's not just a, a, book, a booker of uh, airline flights. They've got the hotel Room business as well, haven't
1: they? Yes, yeah, they do. There's lot, there's lots in the, in that story, uh, and and if you lift the lid, I think your people will be pleasantly surprised.
0: Let's go to A2 Milk. There's another company that I like. I don't know, yeah. It will eventually do well, <laughs> uh, and I, and I noticed that when the uh, New Zealand uh, tourism minister sucked up to Beijing last week, I thought that's going to be good for A2 Milk. He probably said to him, it's not an Australian company.
1: It's a Kiwi company. It is a Kiwi company, absolutely. Yeah. But what we've seen is uh, the the diegals, which they call, which is the, these people that come over to Australia, load up their suitcases with uh, infant formula, and then go back to China. Hmm. We've seen A2 milk being downgraded a fair way on the back of uh, of that. They just said the other day that that Daigal channel is starting to reopen again mm. and we're starting to see some potential of that profitability coming back. Yeah. So that's why I think this is one that's an interesting one. It is a good turnaround story. It was up at, what, $18? It's now got closer to sort of 10 mm. uh, Now, there is some opportunity there. It has a very good balance sheet. Um, it, is a, it is quite cheeky that you can look at on the New Zealand Stock Exchange and see how it's traded before the ASX opens. Mm. So we do get a little bit of an insight on how it's going to trade for the day. So it's a good one if you are looking at to purchase it. Have a look on the New Zealand Stock Exchange. It opens a couple of hours before us, and then you can get a bit of an indication on how it's going to open. But, yeah, I, I think that Daigal channel is if it does start to open up and start to move again. This one, I think it's about 7% of the stock is uh, shorted. Again, that will need that short squeeze will definitely happen on this one because it has been shorted for a while.
0: Yeah, and let's, before I finish off, and this is without notice, but you would have uh, watched, I wouldn't expect anything else for you, yeah, from, but yeah. you. But you would have watched the story with interest when Viceroy put out a negative um, story on Tyro payments. Um, yeah. Um, and and it, it seemed to me, you know, quite strange that, you know, um, uh, Viceroy um, you know, ca- came out with sort of conclusion that 50% of terminals were down, but the company said, no, it's only 30%. Mm. And I, I do also notice the Sydney Morning Herald said, uh, troubled payments company Tyro is still in problems last week. And there was only 450 terminals with problems. It yeah. just seems to me that the media has actually uh, accepted Viceroy's analysis. Mm. Is, is this a problem for, from your point of view, where stuff is published overseas, they're not really responsible for what they're, they're saying, and it can have a big impact on a share
1: price? absolutely i mean shorters do it all the time don't they they throw they do they take their position then they throw a little bit of mud and that mud sort of sticks and then everybody else thinks oh well that must be true Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely i should be you should be really uh aware of some of these uh, articles that are published i think tara is a fantastic business because it's the middleman between when you tap your card and then the actual transaction going through onto the bank and these guys make very very good money We know that with COVID, the cashless society is going to continue to move. And even though I I spoke to someone the other day and they said they were at David Jones and David Jones wouldn't accept cash. They said, we don't accept it anymore. You're going to have to use your card. So there's just more force moving in that Tyro space. Look, there are going to be some other competitors out there, PayPal, those kinds of things that are going to sort of suck a little bit out. But I think Tyro is a great business and especially through December, Uh, and around this sort of Christmas period that we've just had, I think the numbers are going to look fairly good.
0: Yeah. Okay, mate, thanks for joining us. Uh, Talk to you in a couple of weeks' time.
1: Take care.
2: This episode was brought to you by WCM Investment Management, a California-based global equities manager with an outstanding long-term track record. This chart shows the significant outperformance of WCM's quality global growth strategy over the past one year, three years, Five years, ten years, and since its inception. Investors can access the strategy via the ASX with their choice of an exchange traded managed fund, WCMQ, or a listed investment company, WQG.
0: Joining me now is my colleague from The Switzer Report, Paul Rickard. And I want to talk about the performance of the stock market in January and what might that mean for February and reporting systems in February. But I also want to ask him about this development of the the Reddit forum, uh, the Wall Street and Bets mob who are taking on the short sellers and could that actually happen here? And does that mean some of the shorter stocks that are actually in the Switch report could actually go for a bit of a run. So Paul, uh thanks for joining us. Thanks, Peter. Why don't you explain to anyone out there who doesn't fully understand what's been going on in America?
3: Yeah, look, two things have been happening in America. First of all, we've seen uh we've got a lot of short selling. That is people who uh don't own stock, uh take a position in the company say we're gonna assume or, or essentially bet on the share price going down mm. rather than up so you sell at $100 you buy back at 50 yeah. that's a $50 profit
0: and they borrow these stocks and, and
3: they borrow these stocks typically from the superannuation funds and the big holders in other mm. words people with a whole lot of stock can lend it out and mm. of course the lo- it's, a, it's like a loan and they have to repay the loan and it's all secured by yeah. uh, by cash uh, typically the companies they're selling are either because they think they're too expensive They think that they're either sort of got a lot of um, industry headwinds. For example, in the U.S., GameStop and uh, these other companies; these are very traditional video (laughs) store, video store type selling games. You know, they've obviously taken a position saying that uh, you know this industry's there's not much future in that sort of business. Uh, And we also have uh, short sellers here, Peter. So uh, sometimes companies uh, who aren't doing well or, or the you know, funds think that, and, and professionals think that the industry is going to have a lot of headwinds, yeah. but also just from arbitrage and some natural activities. So,
0: travel stocks are a classic yeah. case. So, they're the ones who've got the headwinds at the moment. So, Paul, all right, but in, in America, the the smaller investor who's, who, who, which, who is a group are bonding together and, and buying their stocks and driving the price up and forcing the short sellers to be buyers again, which pushes the stock yeah. even further. Why is it different there than here?
3: Well, it's a little different here. First of all, we don't have free brokerage applications like Robinhood. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that in Australia in the sense that we have a, effectively, we don't have market makers. So that every buy and sell on the transaction, there's actually the, the price that is traded that you get as the buyer or the seller. In the US... Uh, they can offer free brokerage because the brokerage houses are actually getting a rebates back from the market maker. So you don't actually mm-hmm. deal at the, mid, at the mid-bid point all the time. So mm-hmm. it's, and also there's some differences about stock lending. So first of all, we don't have free brokerage. So that means that the people here have got to pay brokerage. So that's yep. the first thing. Secondly, we probably don't have as well-developed sort of chat rooms yep. uh, and things like Reddit. doesn't mean we won't get some. Uh, and thirdly we probably don't have the volume of short selling mm. so uh, in America it's, it's it's always been a lot more common um, mm. and uh, Australia has been a little more tightly regulated but that that was loosened some years ago and I guess we just don't have uh, some of the, perhaps the more of the traditional stock so mm. I guess you're saying you know could it happen here in Australia well it could but it's going to be a lot harder and I think that's one of the reasons why that ASIC <coughs> is, is starting to look at it is it
0: harder for us to, to buy options on a whole range of stocks. That's what they're yeah. doing. Isn't
3: it? And look, and that's the interesting point as well, Peter, is that uh, it's not just physically short-selling the stock, it's also taking, that sorry, for the, for the for the people taking on the short-sellers, are also buying a whole lot of call options, right? Cheaply. Cheaply, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, they're, they're leveraged, right, with huge multipliers. And as the stock price goes up, the people who have sold those call options, you know, the writers of the options, have to buy stock to cover. Mm. That also adds to the momentum about why it's, it's gone up in price so quickly. Now, we do have... Uh, and over the counter we have an options market but mm. not on all stocks so mm. there's only about 100 stocks where you can actually buy yeah. uh, call options on uh, and also you know it's a lot harder in terms of uh, margins and brokers so that's a different factor again that makes it less likely here in australia peter there's just not you couldn't for example a stock like game uh, GameStop, which wasn't a particularly big stock mm. in relative market terms it wasn't part of the s p 500 yeah. you couldn't get uh, options on that in australia
0: all right now the, the, the really interesting point I find, Paul, is that this is the collusion of small investors. It's the through, revenge <laughs> of, the of, nerds. The, of
3: the retail investor against the big professionals. That's right. Yeah.
0: Now, so ASIC and the, regulator, the regulators in America are, are, are going to be trying to stop collusion by buyers. But doesn't this mean that they also have to work a lot harder in stopping what short sellers get up to? Because they've been getting away with blue
3: murder as well. Well, they have. I mean, short sellers aren't doing, in most cases, anything illegal. But it's the short selling when we get the publication of some research report or mm. alleged research report being done in an offshore jurisdiction where it can't is out of the reach of ASIC locally, mm. and often making claims that aren't substantiated. So mm. that's that's been one of the problems with short selling. That's not it doesn't happen in every situation no. here in Australia. There's a lot of very legitimate short selling. Uh, you know, people writing derivatives positions, people start taking, for example, a position on stocks and saying, look, I like Woolworths, but I don't like Coles. Mm. You know, I think Woolworths is gonna outperform yeah. Coles, therefore I buy Woolworth shares, Sell coal fish. And some people would probably
0: yep. think afterpay's gone so yep. far high they might think it's a hundred dollar stock, but it's only a one fifty. It's yep. those short sell, and, and
3: that's all very legitimate yep. short selling. Yep. So, but it's it's not the the bad sort. Hmm. But look, it is a lot harder in Australia, Peter, simply because uh, the the market is not as is not as deep. You don't have the availability of options contracts. I, I think look, I think the and also people have got to be very careful of. Uh, you know, market manipulation laws. We have very, very strong laws in the in the Corporations Act mm. that prevent things like market manipulation, and you can't gang up. Mm. You know, that well, would be sort of collusion, and, and would, that would be breaking the law. And
0: I would bet you there are some people who are thinking, well, why don't we just do what they're doing in America, with this group called Wall Street Bets? But you're saying, ASIC, if they found out, would take action against it. I them.
3: think if we saw group people acting together in collusion, you go and buy this, I'll pay the next price, mm. I think they could run themselves foul of the Corporations Act. And mm. uh, that's got not just civil penalties, but potential criminal penalties, Peter. Mm. So the US, you know, free markets. A, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's always... Here it, goes. it I also see, see some political overtones over here as well, Peter, in America. It's a bit like some of the Trump supporters sort of ganging up on, you know, it's a, sort of the revenge against the, the cesspit of... Walls, of, of uh, yeah of Wall Street a little yeah. bit,
0: right? Well, some people have said this is like the, the next stage of Occupy Wall Street, yeah. and people are actually using their stimulus checks to buy these stocks as well. Uh, and also, Paul, I'm well, listening to this, it just reminds me of what Winston Churchill once says, that the Americans will, uh, will eventually do the right thing after they try everything else. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's have a look at January, because January, well, November, December, since I you know, November was like 10% or something like that, January was up until the, all this stuff started happening towards the end. What happened?
3: Yeah, the overall market in Australia finished up 0.3%, not a lot. In US, the, uh, the S&P 500 was down about 1.1%. So mm. that doesn't all go well for the rest of 2021. As yeah. there's the old saying, Peter, as you know, we're, as January goes, so does the rest of the market. Yeah. But we finished up. I think the big story, just coming back to a, a local market is, and you can see on the table in front of you are the best performing sectors. It was really all about the consumer, Peter. Mm. And what we have seen is we know the Australian economy has done really well. Uh, because of people coming out of lockdown, there's been so much cash around through uh, stimulus payments, uh, people drawing down their super. So things like, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of the, of the discretionary retailers having to come out early yep. for their results and t- tell the market how well they've done. And the consumer discretionary sector, no surprises, is the best performing sector. We've seen it also in some of the services, consumer services business, consumer staples, that's the major retailers going well. Also seen, you know, the, the, the banks are doing as well. So mm. because they won't have the same sort of, you know, COVID-19 write downs as the market was fearing. So really a story on the positive side about, I think, about just how well the Australian economy is doing. Yeah. And those sectors that respond best uh, have performed And we best call these January. sort
0: of cyclical stocks, don't we, Paul? Like even energy, if, you, if you've got a, a big world recovery in train because of vaccinations and whatever, then there's economic cycles on the improve, and those sort of stocks leverage to that do well.
3: Yeah, and I, w- I would say the really un- headline number here in January, and I think this is going to continue this year, Peter, is the consumer. It's the power of the yeah. Australian consumer, and that's really what's supporting a lot of companies on our market. Mm-hmm. If we go to the negative side, I think it's almost as instructive. Mm. Uh, the big factor here, I think, Peter, is the Aussie dollar. Mm. Uh and uh, what, what that means in terms of particularly those companies that earn a lot of their profits outside Australia. So that's why things like healthcare is struggling. It's why even industrials are struggling because mm-hmm. we have uh, inside the, the industrial sector, it's a funny sector in Australia, but we have companies that, uh, you know, are, are exporters. like brambles and things mm-hmm. that, 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 are, that are transport because and, and Qantas are exposed to yeah. the, the currency. Also, uh, the other one there stand out is real estate, Peter. And I think that's because although the, we're out of the virus, or at mm-hmm. least we know where Australia's heading, we really don't know just what that's going to mean longer term for, I think, a very powerful factor in terms of how people work. Mm. We know they're going to come back to work, but we don't know whether they're going to come back to work two days or three days or five days a week. Yeah. And I think there's more damage to be done in that sector because mm. uh, companies are looking to save money. And that's why I think real estate is still a problematic sector. Yeah. And I think the other sectors are pretty much showing the effect of the currency.
0: Well, but the materials, poor because materials are, in a sense, a cyclical type stock is it because there's rent so hard there's some profit taking Do you yeah think we had
3: a huge run up in the early part of the month and in december in bhp and rio iron ore's pulled back mm. also there's an impact here of the us dollar mm. right True. uh which which is perhaps going the other way so i i think that sector is still you sector to stay long in yeah um but you know it's got to have a little bit of caution we've seen such run up in the iron ore price you know mm. one this t- no one three months ago was thinking you could get to $160, right? No. <laughs> right? Everyone's saying maybe 100 maybe 120 you know. So, you know, uh, and it's way outside the long term forecast. Now, it's sort of factored in, but uh, mm. your markets will go where markets go. Just so. give
0: us one stock that you're going to, you, maybe you've started to like as a consequence of what you've seen is over November, December, January, that you think will ha- has a, a good outlook for this year.
3: I still think it, the, uh, the the consumer discretionary, consumer staple stocks. I think Woolworths is still going to do really well. Yeah. Uh, notwithstanding, we might come out of all the lock, we're coming out of the lockdowns. I think JB Hi-Fi is still going to be a star. Mm. I think there is so much pent up uh, consumer demand. Yeah. And I think we are going to see a recovery in some of the beaten up stocks. Remember, the consumer staple sector also includes things like A2 milk. And Treasury Wine Estates, I think they're also due for a bit of recovery.
0: Okay, that's Paul Rickard of The Swiss Report. If you want to get uh, a subscription to The Swiss Report, we give you a 21 free day trial. Go to switzerreport.com.au. Well, joining us now is Julia Lee from Berman Invest. And Julia, i got to ask you this question. Are you worried about the implications of this Reddit um, team out there, you know, (laughs) pushing share prices to unbelievable levels, but also crippling some hedge fund managers and short sellers? And and could they then go off and start selling other stock to to sort of fix up their, their loss situation?
2: Pete, I think it's a great reminder that investing is more than just a study of finance. It's what... Human beings do with money, and what we do with money can at times be incredible and absolutely fascinating, as we've seen with GameStop and a number of other stocks. I mean, herding and that type of behavior is a tale as old as investing has been around. And I guess herding happens when there's a disconnect between the fundamentals and instead uh, investors are driven or speculators are driven just by um, emotion or the hope of making a buck. And, of course, usually these type of events do end in tears and bubbles eventually do burst. The The only real thing that I'm watching for from the GameStop and the Reddit experience is that it's not the canary in the coal mine. Often when we do see, um, I guess, disruptions in terms of the markets, whether it's the global financial crisis or crisis or other crises it does start at the fringes and the fear is that like the canary in the coal mine where you send in the bird and if it comes back alive everything's okay but if it comes back dead then something's wrong um is it a sign of uh, the conditions at the moment the ultra low interest rates that are encouraging bubbles so just keeping a close eye on things there but at the moment there doesn't seem to be contagion and that would be the greatest risk at this stage Mm.
0: Can you imagine how regulators could actually stop, see this herding has become excessive because of the value of the internet, you know people couldn't get together as easily in the old days and you had to basically pitch the argument in the media and the media then would analyse it with a reasonable argument or not. But. These guys similar to saying, hey, let's get in there and just give it to these so-and-sos and away we go.
2: <laughs> well, herding isn't against the law. Market manipulation is. So it's a matter of whether they can prove market manipulation, which I think will be quite difficult to do um, given that there are so many other so many investors speaking all the time about particular stocks. But it does seem to be a mini protest there against institutions that have dominated the market. So the fact that we have new investors coming into the market, I think, is a hugely positive thing. I think we are seeing some sorts of bubbles because of this herding behaviour. So Mm. no doubt that one one day our game stock share price will come back down to earth, as will AMC. Um, But secondly, I think social media... um, the rise of social media and investing, well, that's not going to stop anytime soon. Um, And really it's in the interest of all investors that we do see an orderly market because at the end of the day, the market is a market full of businesses and it's an avenue for businesses to be able to raise capital. And if they can't do that, then there's a problem there.
0: Are there any stocks on the Australian stock market that are shorted, but you like, and you have them in your fund?
2: Uh, we don't have many of the shorted stocks in our fund. We've got a tiny position still in Meso Blast remaining, um, but yep. that's the smallest position in terms of our portfolio. There are a couple that look interesting at the type of prices that we're seeing. Um, in the food theme, both Tassel Group as well as Ingham's, they've been hit because of COVID-19 disruptions. But I think Ingham in particular is looking uh is looking quite interesting here at these prices in the first quarter we actually saw volumes jumping by more than six percent um, and as some of those COVID-19 disruptions is I think both of these companies will do well so liking both Tassel and Ingham's probably Ingham's a little bit more than tasselty in that most shorted stocks list but of course we have seen a bit of short covering which helps to boost share prices as well so these companies have started to rise a little bit
0: okay Let's move on to earnings season now, and uh, it really pays if you can pick a company that's going to report better than expected. Mm-hmm. So, have you have you got some on your, your list that you suspect might report better than expected?
2: Well, Pete, I've been spending the last four weeks uh, making changes to the portfolio, and Buying those stocks that I'm positive uh, in going into reporting season and getting the rid of the ones that seem to be higher risk. So I guess in terms of reporting season, it is important because we we are likely to see earnings growth. In fact, for uh, this current financial year, earnings growth of around about 10%, which is supportive for the market as well as uh, different companies out there. I am positive on some of the retailers. We already know that JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman are going to report well, and some of the other retailers out there, given that consumers have been limited in what they can spend when it comes to things like our travel. So they're spending that elsewhere. We're also likely to see that car sales have been quite strong. So, APE is likely to continue to do well in that vein. And look, the housing market is much stronger than what anyone anticipated. So, stocks like Boral and James Hardy, they're looking pretty good as well. We know that money's been flowing into some of the platforms like Hub24 as well as Net Wealth. At the expense of IWOF and some of the the old school, so positive on Hub 24 and net worth, um, and not positive on IOOF. And look, I think Qantas is at risk of a downgrade, given that we did see the borders locked down between New South Wales and some of the other states in December, which is peak travelling period, and we've just seen them reopen. But now school holidays is over, so look, I think Qantas is at risk of a downgrade.
0: Okay, well, that's very good. I, I hope you're right on, on all the others. <laughs> uh, but Qantas, I, 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 to my way of thinking, Julia, because Virgin doesn't look like it's going to be competing in the business class space like they used to, that's a very big profit generator for, for Qantas, isn't it, the business class stuff? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, we are going to see, I think, a renewed competitor in terms of Virgin. And while Qantas is at risk of a downgrade, I think as an investor, you always look at the short term versus the long term. And the long term for Qantas, I think the outlook is quite good. The whole recovery story, you're writing that theme of reopening and travel, which in two to four years time, you're going to be seeing some growth coming through there. So look, I think at risk of a short term downgrade, but I think the long term outlook still looking good for Qantas.
0: Fantastic. Great, uh, great to see you and thanks for joining us. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Pete. And that was Julia Lee from Berman Invest. Now, before we go, an interesting story. Uh, last Thursday, the subscribers to the Switzer Report uh, tuned into the Boom, Doom and Zoom show, which we put on most Thursdays around lunchtime. Part of the subscription to the Switzer Report that you can attend. And, and one question we got was about three companies and the, the ticker codes were MNS, uh, NVX, and RFT. And uh, both Paul, Ricard, and myself uh, weren't quite sure because it wasn't covered by analysts. And uh, we got a very interesting email from another attendee who said, Well, you actually did mention these three stocks in your Switzer report on Monday. Paul and I were obviously too busy to read that one. And it was about three electronic vehicle companies, companies in that battery space. And it was interesting to see that they actually have done fantastically well, as the emailer pointed out that he actually bought the those three stocks uh, and have done very well. I noticed in the case of MNS, um, it went from 16 cents to 34 cents rectifier technologies at RFT. Went from 3.7% uh, cents to 4 cents, not as big a rise, but still off a pretty small base. But this is an interesting, interesting one, Novanex NVX. It went from $1.79 on January 19, the story was written on January 15, and it peaked at $3.88 and is now $2.68 as we speak. Could be living a little bit higher, up a fair bit today. The interesting thing is that the people who write for us are actually looking for the kind of stocks that can do really well in the future. And that was an interesting, albeit embarrassing example of what is in the Switzer Report. You can get a, a free 21-day trial by going to switzerreport.com.au. I'll talk to you next week, thanks for joining us.